Hello and welcome to Connected episode 296. It's made possible by our sponsors, ExpressVPN, Pingdom, and Squarespace. My name is Stephen Hackett and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hey Stephen, happy Space Day. Yes, it is It is the International Day of Space today. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and we're joined by Mike Hurley as well. Hi. Hey buddy. That's hi. a long hi. You had your coffee yet? International Space Day is actually 12th of April. So. Wait, it really exists? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Uh, Mike, how long could you say the word hi? Could you just like give us a demo? Okay. Hi. <laughs> That's very long. It's too long. <laughs> that is very long. Multiple. Oh, the hard part. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> there we go. Just stop. <laughs> wow. You test me and I'll do it, right? Like, don't don't be like, ah, oh, here's a fun joke, because I will take it seriously. Your lungs wow. are massive. I feel wow. like I could have gone longer, but I laughed. Yeah. Yeah, mm. once you break the stream, it's over. Oh, I'm a little lightheaded now. <laughs> are you? <laughs> yeah, a little. <laughs> you need to lie down? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Oh, I feel lightheaded and the coffee's kicking in. So I can't. Oh, no, it's a bad combo. I'm going to start seeing unicorns in a minute. (laughs) Bass is dropping over at Mike's house. Mm -hmm. This is a professional (laughs) podcast, guys. Mm -hmm. Come on. We have some follow up to do. iOS 13.5 came out, and a lot of of people want to know if it ended the green gate. So you, you get a green tent on your phone after it wakes up. I have not seen it there are people in the relay members discord who say they continue to see it and there may be something to this that it's only affecting iphone 11 pros so if you're in the green gate gang and you don't have an 11 pro let me know it's like is that what it's called the ggg yeah triple g's i don't like that yeah, I also me neither. This is not very scientific. This whole thing. What are you talking about? It's really it's fine. Okay. Uh, I saw a, a, a headline today that Skull Candy, the headphone people, have launched a line of headphones with tile tracking built in. Hmm. And I wondered, could this be something that Apple do with their AirPods Studio, like to put their tracking system in them? Hmm. Do people ever lose? headphones uh i, mean, I feel I like think... you, you lose airpods but yeah yes headphones i don't know i mean you could i mean you could lose them for I mean, sure you can lose anything if you try you hard can lose enough. anything sure um, or if you don't try hard enough i guess you would lose things mm. um but yeah it just made me wonder more really that if apple built this tracker or air tags if they would ever embed that technology inside of a non-internet connected product. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. all of the internet connected products that Apple make won't need something like this because they use Bluetooth, they use cell connections, and they're good sure. to go. Um, and But I wonder if they would do it for a Bluetooth thing or if they could end up like it just embedding... You know what? Probably... With the Bluetooth system that they've built, they wouldn't need it anyway, right? Like maybe it would just do this out of the box because their Bluetooth headphones, they could still ping other Bluetooth devices. Maybe that would be it. 
Yeah, but if the headphones are like asleep, are those Bluetooth radios on? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It's it's su- a super interesting question. It did get me looking into how FindMy works with AirPods, and I've got a link in the show notes uh, to the support document. And I wanted to point this document out for a few reasons. One, there's some like errors on this page. Like, good. There's a sentence that says, if you set up Find My and then in brackets, device. It's like, well, it's called Find My now. It's not, it was never called Find My iPad or Find My Mac. And it's kind of funny. It was um, called Find My iPhone. Yeah, it was. But like, if you've already set up Find My bracket device with an iPhone, like it's, just, I don't know. That, what, that, when you go through to the page that that links to, it refers to it that way again Find My bracket device. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. But uh, so there's, I think we've all experienced this, like you can't find your AirPods. In fact, this, these screenshots are taken from John Voorhees' phone. Looks John's AirPods, John's mm. Apple Watch. John loses mm-hmm. stuff. It happens when you... Um, he does. He really get a little... Does. Yeah, and you mature. break your stuff. John loses everything. You break everything. I haven't mm-hmm. broken anything recently. Yourself. I did. I did have a slight scooter accident. Yep. But I didn't break my phone or my watch. You call it slight? It's not a slight accident. Stephen went over the handlebars <laughs> onto concrete. There's uh-huh. a video that we can't share, unfortunately. I tell you what, we can share it in the Relay Members Discord live stream chat. The, can I give them the GIF? Give them the GIF. All right, I'll give them the GIF. And remember, there's a Discord rule that you can't share it outside of the GIF. I do not give you permission to share it outside of the Discord. So yep. if you're a member, you'd see my crash. Yep. How about that? You look like an Olympic diver in that video, <laughs> Steve. That's quite this the was point. one of those things where he so basically Stephen sent this the video from uh, his Nest Cam. Yeah, and it was one of those things where whilst I was asking him if he was okay, I was also downloading the video <laughs> to make the GIF out of it. Like it was, <laughs> these were these were parallel processes of one, is he okay? Two, I cannot wait to make a GIF out of this, which I can use all the time. So, Did you use yeah. Siri shortcuts to make a GIF, Mike? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, I did nice. use the shortcuts job. app. To, to I need a shortcut because I've been using some sort of app that's Jank-tastic. Oh no! This one I used an app. You can okay. you, in my opinion, you, in my experience, you can use shortcuts to turn some things into gifts, but the quality mm-hmm. isn't good enough. Okay. And I tried it, and it was it just wasn't smooth enough. And I wanted okay. a real good. What app GIF are you using? This. Um, I use two. I mean, okay, so I don't have a good system for this. Okay. I use two different applications. Perfect. I use one called Into Live, which turns it into a live photo. And then okay. I have another app called Lively, which can take a live photo and turn it into a GIF. So yeah, I knew about Lively, but I didn't know how you got from movie to GIF. Okay. But they're both good applications anyway, because like you can take GIFs and videos and turn them into live photos. So I do also mm-hmm. have a live photo version of you falling over the sco- or falling off the scooter. So you could yeah. use that as a dynamic wallpaper on your lock screen. <laughs> oh, and whenever whenever you press, you see Stephen fall. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually a really nice there, idea. I'd there forgotten are about apps that. that there are there's a there's a there's a utility that we covered up on Mac stories at some point that lets you turn any live photo into a live wallpaper for your lock screen. And so when oh, you this press app on the lock into screen, live does it. It, it okay. might have been this one. So you could use that one. Um but yeah, you could you could do that if you're a Steven. Does that even still work with the haptic touch? I have no idea. Uh, I I have no idea either. I never used a live wallpaper. Yeah, 
I think. If you want to become a Real FM member, you can go to, you can click the link <laughs> in the top of the show notes, actually, and you can just you become go. a Real FM member, yeah. support Connected, and then uh, you can find that GIF. Yeah. It will be in the chat somewhere. And I wasn't seriously hurt, but my hands kind of look like Swiss cheese. I wish you'd stop saying that. Like, do you have any idea how gross that sounds when you that say that? That sounds very gross. You should see my hands. They're all. Yeah, stuff. I don't want. I, but that's the thing. Nobody I don't want to see your hands. To. I don't want to hear about what <laughs> they look like either. Like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm happy you're okay enough to be yeah. here. You know that you didn't. You're always injuring yourself. You ever break phones really or is. your own body? What? Do, why do you? Why does this happen I did, to you all the time? I did come down on the side where my phone is in my pocket, and I, did, I was like, "Oh no, I broke my phone," but it was fine. Can you imagine um, if you would have broke that phone, though? Yeah, but I do have a. I am going to have a bruise on that hip. That's for sure. Okay. Um, we were talking about AirPods before yes. the so, whole tangents so, on yes. Steven. So find my AirPods. So I think we've all been in a situation where you you lose them. They fly out of your pocket during a scooter accident, and I've had very mixed luck using Find My with the AirPods. Okay, like, so I, I was about to mention this. They, it's never worked well for me <laughs> like i've never been able to successfully find my airpods back when i used to sleep with my airpods on which i don't do anymore mm-hmm. but back then sometimes like one of them would like um end up somewhere in the sheets or like under the bed for example mm-hmm. and i and i would try to do the whole make a sound thing it just never worked and so i do feel like it would be interesting to have a, a, a different system that uses proximity tracking to make it more reliable. I just, I don't know. I feel like it would be more useful on the smaller, on the regular Air- AirPods because I, uh, I've i never lost headphones in my life. But at that point, why not just put it everywhere, right? Why not just put proximity tracking based on Bluetooth or based on something else on any accessory that you use with your Apple products? So mm-hmm. I would be in favor of it. Because the 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 regular uh, Find My AirPods feature has never really worked for me, at least. Hmm. I haven't used it in a long time. Not yeah, because you never lose things. You you don't strike me as the kind of person who loses things, Mike. I, not not very much. I lost some clothes once in a hotel. Um, <laughs> I think I remember that story. Yeah, I, it was just like, where did this? Like these these three shirts go. It's like mm-hmm. who knows? I must have left them in a hotel somewhere. But aside from that, I'm pretty good at, at not. I yeah, don't really lose things very often. It's not like you lost a heart rate monitor at WWDC or anything. Yeah, no, my heart rate monitor was stolen from stolen. me. No one would it. Steal was it was stolen from me either from I Michael saw you or take the, it off. And or then you the, cl- find the cleaning crew stole my heart rate monitor. <laughs> Again, I will state for the official record on this. I have shared rooms with Federico very often. Federico is one of these people that just removes clothing and it lands where he was, right? Mm-hmm. As if he disappeared. So like, like a tornado. It just the the clothes come off, the heart rate comes up, monitor comes off, and it's just gone forever. Like th- because I think it was either on that trip or the next trip, you lost your ring. Do you remember? No, we, I didn't lose the ring. It no, was you, but it was that we thing of found it together. It was you lost it. You were convinced it had been stolen from you, and then we yes. had to tip the room upside down, and it was under the bed basically. <laughs> but it was Federico goes from I've lost it to there was a heist very quickly. <laughs> like yeah. people are breaking through the windows. What's the most likely explanation that it just disappeared? It was either lost or mm. stolen from me. Mm. So 
Mm-hmm. And in this case, the heart rate monitor was such a coveted item, it must have been stolen from me. From, so, by who coveted it? I don't. The thief. I don't know either. The thief. Either did. you or the thief. Whoever uh-huh. the thief. Probably. Why would I want your heart rate monitor? Although now that I think about it, you know that day when I was in the gym in mm. San Jose in the mm-hmm. hotel. Yeah. After I was done exercising, I was uh, stopped in inside the gym by a guy who was speaking Italian and told me he worked at Google. Mm-hmm. So maybe the enemy stole it from me. Google stole it. They want your heart rate data. They they didn't have enough data about you already, so they wow. wanted that as well. I don't know though. I don't know. It suspiciously disappeared when I came back in the room. So and only only you were in the room. I don't think John Voorhees was in the room. It was either you or the cleaning crew. So have fun with my heart rate monitor, Mike. I will. I'll use it the next time I do an intro. Still <laughs> <laughs> get so lightheaded. Should we take a break? Yes, please. Yes. Thank you. This episode of Connected is brought to you by ExpressVPN. I think it's fair to say that we all want to browse the internet without the rest of the world knowing what we're doing. Yes, incognito windows exist, but activity can still be traced, even if you're using that mode in your browser. It doesn't matter where you get your internet from. Your ISP can see what you're doing online, see all the websites you're visiting. That's why you need ExpressVPN. It's an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers, so your ISP can't see the sites that you're visiting. It's available on all of your devices, phones, computers, iPads, even that smart TV, so there's no excuse for you not to be using it. I've got ExpressVPN set up on all my devices. It integrates really nicely with iOS, so I can just go into settings and throw that switch uh, to connect to a VPN. And I've used other VPNs in the past that really slow down my connection, and ExpressVPN doesn't. It feels just as fast as if I'm browsing without a VPN at all, and it gives me great peace of mind. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by both CNET and Wired. Go to expressvpn.com connected, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com connected to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of Connected and all of Relay FM. So I've done a bit of a cleanup mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. So it all started because I noticed in my updates that I had the HBO Max icon. And so I'm aware of what HBO Max is. I didn't remember signing up for HBO Max. And then I realized, oh, this is an update, which means one of the two HBO apps that I had on my um, iPad must have changed from, I think, HBO. uh, There's two things, like there's HBO and HBO Now. And I think... One of one of those two. I think apps. it was Go and Now. Go and Now, and I yeah. think Go is now HBO Max. Maybe <laughs> one of them. So one of them, one of them, right? So here's what happened. A few months ago, in preparation for Westworld season three, I signed up. So this is gonna make me sound stupid again, and I'm okay, but I I do these things to myself. So I basically I wanted to. I thought I was gonna watch Westworld season three. Right, yep. and so I preemptively signed up for HBO. Right, mm-hmm. you hit, you um, struck first. Right, you were like, "You're not going to beat me. I'm going to beat you." Right, exactly. Yeah. I was like, I was like the you know the dude in Star Wars who shot first. Yeah, yeah, Greedo. Yes, I I know my references. Yeah. 
Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I Gandalf. Yes. Before <laughs> it's he's also in the Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Before before Westworld season three came out, so like a couple of weeks before, I signed up. Now I don't know what happened. Honestly, I don't know what I did, but I signed up for two separate HBO subscriptions. So for the past few months, I've been paying like thirty dollars a month, fifteen dollars, and fifteen dollars for HBO. And I think one of them is HBO for Apple TV and another, and another is HBO for like um, iOS devices. So don't ask me why or how, but I've been paying two separate HBO things for right. three months. And the best part is this, that I never even watched Westworld season three because I watched <laughs> the first episode and I got kind of bored and I thought, well, I'm going to keep, I'm going to continue watching it eventually. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot that I was paying for HBO. So basically yep. I've been, I, I wasted like a uh, uh, couple of hundred dollars maybe. Now maybe 150 or something. But yeah, I just lost money on an HBO subscription for two HBO subscriptions for something that I've never even watched. Anyway. Right. So I noticed the HBO icon and I realized, oh no, I gotta go clean up my subscriptions. So I went into the subscription management screen in my App Store account and I sure enough canceled HBO Go, which is now HBO Max, I think, and HBO Now. So both of those are gone. And then I started taking a look around, right, at all the other subscri- subscriptions that I have in, in, in my Apple ID. Some of them were already expiring. Some of them I hit cancel myself. And then I stopped because I saw a subscription that like, I needed to think about for, for a couple of hours. So Apple Arcade, right? Mm-hmm. $5 a month. Mm-hmm. So I canceled my Apple Arcade subscription. And I canceled because like, this is part of a, of a series of thoughts that I've been mulling over for quite some time at this point, and I've mentioned this with you, Mike, and John in our gaming chat, uh, where Steven does not participate because he's not, you know, a, g- a gamer. He was in it, gamer. but we spoke about Pokemon once, and then he left. Didn't yeah, come back. Steven is not a capital G gamer, no. so cannot <laughs> be right. part of our group. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Basically, for quite some time, I've been feeling that no Apple Arcade game has really grabbed me in a way that makes me go, oh, wow, I'm so happy that I'm paying $5 a month to get access to this service. Mm-hmm. Because initially, I was super impressed by Apple Arcade and the initial lineup and the rollout of like 50, 60 games. And we've talked about this before. We were all super excited and super impressed. But what has happened is that essentially, I've accumulated all these games on my iPhone and iPad and I've stashed all of them in a folder called Arcade. And to tell you the truth, I've only played like one of those games for real and all the others I just kept in a folder saying, well, I'm going to play these games eventually. But the reality is that when I want to play a game, I and for the past few months that game has been Pokemon Sword, but that's not uh, the point here is that w- when I want to play something, I play on my Nintendo Switch, right? Mm-hmm. I don't really feel compelled to uh, play a video game on my iPhone or my iPad. And there's that, the fact that I just needed to face the reality of the situation of this folder of games that I had not played at all. And also the fact that all the games that have been coming out on Apple Arcade lately, and now this is just my personal opinion, this is just my personal taste, 
I completely understand if Apple Arcade is such a good deal for other people. If you like the games that come out on Apple Arcade, I'm not judging you. But for me personally, I just feel like I've had enough of all these family-friendly puzzle games and like <laughs> small adventure games and multiplayer games. Like, it's not what I'm looking for. And yes, I know that it's just $5 a month, but those $5 a month, well, first of all, it's money, right? And I just, again... I'm not you don't the have best. to spend money for something you don't want. I, I don't have to spend money for something I'm not using at all. And this is not like the HBO thing, which I completely forgot because I'm stupid. This is like a thing that I kept repeating to myself, like, yeah, it's just $5 and you're going to play these games eventually. But you know what? Like, when does eventually become, look, you got to make a decision about this now. Because... Uh, arcade came out in September so it's like over six months at this point that these games have been just just been sitting in a folder never played and so I realized I want to see what happens if I stop paying for Apple Arcade so I don't get access to these games anymore and let's see what happens so I deleted those games from my iPad and I cancelled my arcade subscription and I guess maybe there's potential in the future for something to come out on Apple Arcade which will convince me to start paying for a subscription again but we'll see what happens if that if that you know such kind of game ever comes out right now i'm not interested in the catalog of games uh the the latest releases really i have no interest in those types of games and i've never played the full catalog so maybe maybe i'm not the kind of person who needs Apple Arcade. You know, I have such a huge backlog of games on my Nintendo Switch, and those are like... Yes. Longer and more full, richer experiences. You know, something like Luigi's Mansion, for example, I still need to play. Mm -hmm. I have Final Fantasy VII Remake on my PS4 that I gotta play. There's the DLC for Pokemon coming out next month. And like, I wanna play those games. I'm not interested in a, in a puzzle game on, from Apple Arcade. So, right, so I think me and you are similar in the games that we enjoy in different platforms. And I would like to see more quick wasting time games in Apple Arcade. Something like a Threes or a Card of Darkness, which was one of the original launch games. It's like Because that's the type of games I like to play on my iPhone. Like simple games like that. Um, you know, like, uh, was it Grindstone was another one. Like, it's a more simple puzzle game, right? Like, uh, they're good. And the, the like, uh, platforming games and all that kind of stuff, which there mm. are a lot of on Apple Arcade, I don't like playing those games without a controller. And if I'm going to play a game with a controller, I will play a game on my Switch, and they will be better platform games typically because it's a bigger uh, platform itself. Mm. Like, the, 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 it's got more power going on. I will say... For me personally, uh, I still think that Apple Arcade is a very good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't play a lot of games on it now. I play there's like one or two I'll pick up every now and then, so like I'm kind of happy with the the subscription that I'm paying. But what I'll say though is, I think in hindsight, Apple didn't launch Apple Arcade the best way because. There are like 30 games that I still think to myself I would like to play sometime that were at the launch, yeah. and I've never and played them. And you never do. Yeah. If they would have maybe released those games a- over a longer period of time, I think 
it would have changed both mine and your opinion on the service. Because they had a lot of good games and they pushed them all out at once. And then they would go week over week over week and they would release some good, some okay, some like not, not interested kind of games. But if they would have maybe split out some of the launch stuff over a longer period of time, it may have ended up being a little bit more compelling than it has been uh, for for you, maybe for me. But I still think that the value... Personally, I think the value is there, but it's like with everything. It's the same as your HBO thing. Don't pay for something if you're not enjoying what it's giving you. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah, so, especially yeah. now, you know, in, in, in you know, right now, you know, I think we can all use saving a bit of money if it's not a necessary expense of like if you're paying for something and you're not actually using it. Mm-hmm. It's always good advice. But also at the same time, if you're looking for some games and you have time to spend, you really won't find a bigger selection of games for a cheaper price whether you will like those games or not is up to you but it's only five dollars to try them and you can try them all right like in a month if you really want to so yeah i think it's one of those things where you've done the right thing for you which is you've assessed if you think it's worth continuing description or not um and you've decided not to and 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 again I, i reckon at some point there will be an Apple Arcade game you want to play. But the good thing is, is it's super easy to just sign back up again. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. I do feel like we still haven't seen that as, you know, in the, in the gaming industry, they would say the killer application uh, for Apple Arcade. Like this must-have revolutionary game that is like threes, but exclusive to Apple Arcade. There have been some really good games but there hasn't been a single game that has completely changed your expectations in terms of like mobile gaming. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, Threes or Tiny Wings or uh, Angry Birds did back in the day. There's a bunch of really good games, but I don't think a really good game is enough, especially now with this abundance of just media and content everywhere. I don't think just just being really good is enough. Well, this is the exact same argument to make about Apple TV+. Plus. Absolutely. They have not yes. had the killer show yet. They've had some good shows. They've had some really good shows. But they haven't yet had a show that would get a lot of people to sign up for it if it was free. They just haven't yeah. had it yet. Yeah, I agree. What happens to all those apps when your subscription ends? You just can't launch them? Do you know yet? I I don't know. I don't know because it... I think it's expiring in like a couple of weeks. Follow up. So, yeah, I can still launch them, but yeah, I... keep keep some of them installed so just to see what happens. Like, do they delete? Like, what what do you, what ends up happening? That I'd be interested yeah. to know that. Actually. I'll try that. Okay. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about the Finder, everyone's <laughs> favorite topic. It's your game. Yes. Sometimes using the Finder is like a game. Yeah. Where did this folder go? Why have my preferences changed? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. There's been a lot of conversation about how Catalina feels slower than it needs to be. I'm not really having that conversation today, although I think there's a lot of stuff there. But I was having a lot of beach balls when like opening and saving documents or even like navigating around the Finder. So like being in Finder and hitting a shortcut to go to my home folder, I'd get a beach ball for like three or four seconds and the window would open, which is unacceptable on any computer, let alone a very powerful one. So that was going on. I would also have uh, hangs on like shutdown or reboot, which I think John talked about in ATP recently. An SMC reset fixed that for him. 
Uh, so I decided, as like, look, I have kind of like this weird stuff going on. And so last week I opted to reinstall macOS from the recovery partition, which is really easy to do. You just boot into the recovery partition. You say, hey, I want to reinstall on this drive. And it, it just does it. Uh, that cleared up almost all of the issues, including another issue I was having where every time I logged in, I would get a notice that a, a firmware update was available for my video card, but it wouldn't ever run. Like it was just, I did okay, nothing would happen. That got cleared up as well. But I was still having some hangs in Finder. And so I went in and deleted all the Finder preference files from my home folder, rebooted, and yeah, like you lose some settings, but it just takes a few seconds to fix them. And it's totally cleared up my issues. So I don't know if I needed to reinstall macOS. I probably did the, the more extreme fix first. It's like the worst way to fix any problem with macOS is to reinstall, reinstall it. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, but because I was having some other issues like that video card from Earthing, it's like, you know, let's just let's just reinstall this. I've migrated my same account over and over and over. That may have hurt the Finder preferences issue. I don't know, but... It shouldn't, though. It should no, it shouldn't. Like none of this should happen, but it does sometimes. And this was before macOS Catalina ten point fifteen point five came out yesterday on the twenty sixth. Then maybe that has fixed it for some people. But I've just I've heard from people. I've seen people online talking about how Finder can be uh, can be slow or can can hang on them in Catalina. And, and for me, at least, some combination of these things has pretty much just cleared it up for me. Uh, the fifteen five notes include like big file copies to and from raid arrays i don't have any raid arrays in my life anymore so i don't think that was the issue i was having but maybe it's related somehow some sort of issue in finder as far as moving files around Uh, but it also includes the notebook battery changes we spoke about this last month jason got to look at it in the beta and wrote this great post about how it works where uh, and it is enabled by default in this Catalina update. And I think I think everyone should leave it on where it will do some of the smart battery health stuff. So if you're like my wife, you know, Mary leaves her MacBook Air plugged in basically all the time. She uses it in clamshell mode behind an LG 4K display. And now it will basically do things to keep that battery healthy. It's not always going to be charging it. It's going to let it run down. It won't charge it all the way back up. It's got a bunch of stuff it can do. And uh, so that's out as well in 10.15.5. Uh, I, I have it on my MacBook Pro. It seemed to be fine. The battery stuff, I went in there. There's a new uh, section in the energy settings and system preferences. You can see what it's doing. You can turn it off if you want. But again, it's on by default, and I think that that's a good default. I mean, this is, I guess, a good example of learning something from iOS and bringing it to the Mac, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is knowledge that they've accumulated through devices where they have to do this, Right. Um, for good and bad, right? Like in Apple's history, I think it was very obvious why they they spoke to some people in the press about these before, it, like as it came out in the beta channel, because obviously there was such a big brouhaha when uh, this was discovered uh, on the iPhone, right? And like people were thinking that their batteries were getting throttled, and Apple was forcing the obsolescence thing, right? Which which is like such a tantalizing story that people like to grab onto um so it makes sense that they came out ahead of this with the with the mac stuff but it seems good though right to 
to be monitoring this to make sure that your battery is is staying staying good and healthy. Mm-hmm. There's no no harm in it. No, and the, there's language in the screen is like, hey, batteries are consumable; they wear down over time. So I think they've learned their lessons from the iPhone thing, where they're really explaining what this is doing. And you can totally go turn it off if you want, but I think for most people, it'll be a good thing for their notebooks. So I think a lot of people yep. are like Mary, right? Where their notebooks are just plugged in a lot of the time, if not all the time. I really want the what the next version of macOS is going to look like. Maybe we can do this in one of our um, the anticipating WWDC segments. We can maybe hand that one over to you, Stephen, to kind of think that through a little bit, because I have no idea. Um, but I, I say this purely because Catalina has been... I think pretty unfavorably received throughout its life. Like iOS yeah. 13, we're good now, you know, like it had a rocky start, but it's, it's, I feel like it's fine now. I, I don't have any problems with my iOS devices where I'm like, oh man, iOS 13, right? Like, do you guys ever feel that anymore? Like it was bad to begin, but it feels, mm. feels better now, but I still feel like I'm, hearing complaints like this about Catalina not really being in the best possible shape. Do you, I guess the bigger question is, do you ever hear good things from Mac users about macOS? Not so much these days, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Maybe that so. battery thing was, was warmly received, but um, maybe Stephen is better placed for this I question. Just, as an outsider, I just feel like there's always some kind of complaining going on mm. with macOS more mm -hmm. than iOS for sure. Like as you mentioned, Mike, iOS 13 was better at the beginning, but then it kind of slowed down because Apple released a ton of updates. Mm -hmm. But with macOS, there's always some kind of controversy going on. Well, I, I feel like, again, as like kind of partly an outsider on this, I'm not even running Catalina, right? Like this is a thing that I always stay behind. I feel like it would be likely to be more frustrated when there are issues being introduced and not a lot of really good new features. Like, at least on iOS, we get big features every year that are new mm -hmm. and are tailor-made for the platform, where it feels like macOS doesn't really get a lot unless it has to have it because iOS has it. Mm. And so I can imagine that, like, if you are somebody that really cares about macOS, that it would make you more likely to be frustrated if, one, you're not getting a lot of development that you're happy about, and two, just more bugs are being introduced into what was previously a solid system. And in the case of Catalina, not even bugs, just worse user experiences in the sake of something you feel like is not necessary because you've been using Macs for like however many tens of years and you've been fine and mm -hmm. now it's asking you 20 times if you want to install something. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that that's a that's a real issue here. The user base has maybe been around longer that for the most part like Mac people who would complain about Mac OS are very diehard Mac fans, right? So they're maybe more plugged in. They're more sort of ready to go for this sort of thing. But I think, too, the age of the platform comes into to play as well, where the, those days of big, big new features pretty much behind macOS. And really, I think iOS is coming to that point, too. Like, I think the long list of big features we had for iOS five years ago is way longer than it would be now. Not that there's still not things we want in both, but those big, like, it really needs this, 
you know, a lot of those boxes have been checked now. Yeah. iPad OS has more of them than iOS now. Absolutely. Totally oh, yeah. agree. But like I figure, you know, like if the if the platform was just stable and they mostly left it alone, people would probably feel better about it. But I think it's when you introduce things which are taken negatively that it it makes it feel worse. You know. Yep, and uh, you know maybe just the Mac OS people are a little more cranky. It's true too, I think. That's also a factor to consider. I think it is. You know, I think there's also there should be a, like a Venn diagram of like people who complain about Mac OS in public. And have a blog and age. I do feel like there's a correlation there, you know. I would like to excuse myself from this debate. <laughs> no, I mean, what? Like, there's. What's the URL of your really, blog again? It's not really a debate <laughs> for the record. Grubstories.com. I think it's perfectly natural that the 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 older you grow, the crankier you get. Well, I know I'm topics. getting crankier. I know that. Me much, too. Right. There's nothing like aging is natural. Like mm-hmm. we should, you know. It, <laughs> It's not something that I'm discriminating against. It's mm-hmm. just it's a natural thing. And people who have blogs where they complain about things, they're also people of a certain age. I don't think you will find a blog by a 15-year-old where they're complaining about things all the time because you, it's only natural that you tend to be optimistic and have a <laughs> more positive outlook on things when you're younger. I would like to introduce you to the gaming industry. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> That's young, yeah. angry people. However, I also feel like it would be nice, and I'm using that adjective, it would be just nice to hear some positive things every once in a while. Not because you want to excuse Apple, not because you're a fanboy and blah, 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 but just because it's nice to hear, like, here's something that works, you know? I I think it is becoming more difficult. Oh, yeah, it's out of fashion, right? Being No, that's not what I'm saying. I know what you mean, and you know what I mean. I know what you're saying, but I do feel like that the 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 rhetoric now surrounding the Mac—that's a good word. You 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 use all the right words. Thank you. It, it warrants itself. Like I believe that there. Look, it's like how can you be happy about your laptop when the keyboard keeps breaking, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like how sure. can you be happy about the hardware that you're using when the company seems completely lost, right? Like, which is where they, which is where Apple seemed to have been a couple of years ago, right? Like, but it, they're not the keyboards are terrible. No, but like, okay, and I know I, I'm getting to it. Like, the keyboards are terrible. The Mac Pro is catching on fire, right? Like, it's all bad, and we're going to fix it. But then, when they say they're going to fix it, it's going to take them a long time. And so they say they're going to fix it, but then they release like three more laptops that have the bad keyboard in them, right? So like, you're getting more frustrated, and you're looking for some kind of like release from it but there isn't any because nothing's really happening on the software side right because it is this mature platform and a lot of i think the software enhancements that people want maybe also need hardware so like i'm talking like um having lte in the mac or whatever right but like you can't do that without the hardware component but they're already behind on the hardware, so the software kind of has to wait. And then also, it can be... I sympathize with the idea of, like, I feel like my thing isn't being cared about, and the company Mm. that tells me they care about my thing seems to be very occupied with other things that aren't what I want, right? Like, 
oh, they make TV shows now. And I know it's like a joke that we make, like it's not the same people. That's true, but leadership's still the same, right? So like the, the, the focus of the company may be put into other areas and it gets to a certain bottleneck at the top and they're like, just give them that keyboard again, right? Like, I don't know. But I'm just saying like that this is like a perception that can be drawn, I think. So I have some sympathy for people that feel like they're getting left out in the cold because I feel like I can put myself in that situation because i remember what it was like with the ipad like two or three years ago yeah but even then so even then if you kept using the ipad or in this case if you kept using a mac there must have been something you liked about it right like otherwise why haven't you switched to something else and there have been people who switched to something else i mean if i mean because like you can try but the reasons that you like the Mac become very apparent when you start using Windows, right? Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just feel like, and this is, me, again, just my personal opinion. I don't think that constant complaining, make it, making everything sounds like it's the apocalypse, I don't think it makes for good entertainment. But that's just me. So Well, it depends on your audience. Sure, sure. I guess I'm not that kind of person then. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're going to complain about shortcuts in a, in a bit. <laughs> yeah, so but, like, you know. Yeah, I was going to say. But you got the rest of the stuff. I don't know. It's, it's just like the. I always try to keep this angle in life, you know. Even when I complain about things, even when things are not great, I always try to look at the positive side of it. It just I don't know. It just what I, who I am as a person. So, uh, but yeah, uh, why are we even talking about this? I don't know how we got here. Because yeah, me neither. People are upset about Catalina. Oh yeah, yes. Catalina. Catalina. Yeah. I just yeah. think that like it is perfectly fine to be frustrated and to be disappointed and to express that but i also subscribe to the second part of your theory of but still try to look for the positive things i think Mm -hmm. it's really important because it will make you happy but but just because you want to be positive doesn't mean that you can't be critical as well no 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 for sure and and it's a very tricky balance to make those two things coexist right especially if you're like if you have a podcast or if you have a, a blog where you write things um it's really hard to 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 try and be critical and uh, enthusiastic is not the right word, but I have a positive outlook on technology at the same time, especially during these times. But me personally, I think I always try to do that. So even when I complain about things, I try to look at the bigger picture and realize there must be something that I like about this service or this computer or this product. Otherwise, why would I even use it? And I think it's important to keep that in mind because I don't want to sound like the kind of person who creates content, right? Ugly expression, but it is what it is. Just to complain about stuff. I I understand that there's an audience for that type of entertainment. It's just not the kind of entertainment that I crave personally and that I want to create. So uh, this is like, like, ah, so many people are going to be so upset. But, you know, whatever. Just what I feel. So If people want to be critical to you, they also have to tell you one thing they like about you. Right? Just imagine like just imagine in life, uh-huh. if, if everybody operated like that, imagine how much better off we would all be. What if we all tried to look on the bright side a little bit more? But no, like if we complimented each other more often, even. Mm. You know? Like, people get upset that they don't compliment, like, even their friends. You know, this is, like, huge tangent. Have you listened to the latest record by the 1975s? Not yet. Okay. So there's one song at the end called Guys, 
the very last song of the album. It's called Guys. And all the song is, is basically a love letter from Matt Healy, who's the main singer of the 1975, to his bandmates. It's basically the, the whole premise of the song is I love you guys. Hmm. It's, it is what it is. It's just nice, you mm -hmm. know, to, to, I don't know, to say something nice to other people. And that's my outlook on life. Anyway, please. Federica, let's, <laughs> I love the yes. way you think. I love the way your brain works. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Steven, best live Device, show. Computer breaker and oh, uh, person who falls. And also very good at live shows. Steven's very good at yes. live shows. Which is yes. a shame, because uh, we're not doing them. But, uh, it's not a useful tool this year. <laughs> yeah, as soon as, uh, soon as we get to do them, you're going to be the best. All right, well, let's take a break. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by our friends Pingdom at SolarWinds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how good your content is or how effective your marketing may be, they'll most likely bounce if your website is loading too slowly. With real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance issues affect your visitors' experience so you can take action before your business is impacted. Because how visitors experience your website, that differs depending on their browser, device, platform, location. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this. So you want to identify how visitors are experiencing your site so you can make informed decisions when building in optimizations to deliver a great performance to those who matter most. This real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built to scale, meaning you can monitor millions of page views without compromising your historical data or breaking the bank in the process. Get live visitor insights today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for the support of this show and Relay FM. I'm very afraid, guys. Why? You shouldn't be. Because Tiny Topic 2, all it says in our document is, leave this to Federico for a surprise. Oh, no, I have a tattoo. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> no, no, no tattoo. No okay. new tattoos. Um, but I do have a surprise. So if you are a Relay FM member, mm -hmm. you have access to the Discord. And by having access to the Discord, you will get to participate live in this surprise. So I guess that's one of the incentives Ooh. of signing up for a Relay FM membership. I'm going to upload a photo here mm -hmm. of something that I've been using for the past few weeks without telling anybody except Sylvia. So Can, I, can I share this with the show notes, though, so people listening later can still yes. see it? See, now I get to complain about macOS. Why is this photo getting rotated when I paste it into the Discord? <laughs> Just let it go. People can work it out. No, it looks stupid if it's rotated. Okay. Upload it right now to the Discord. Again, sign up for a Relay FM membership and you will get to see what oh, I've been using for the past yeah. few weeks. Oh, yeah. Steven was right. Steven was Time right. right there. Steven yes. was right. Steven was right. It is an iPad mini. Yes. Yes, okay. it is an iPad mini that I've been using for the past few weeks. And I think I'm in love. So I, first of all, as, as with all things, I blame John Voorhees. Yep. Mm -hmm. he, poor John. Uh, John published a really, really good story about the iPad mini as this sort of hybrid uh, work and entertainment device um, a couple of months ago on Mac Stories. And I've been 
itching to try one ever since. And I, yeah, so I've been using this for the, for the past couple of weeks, but primarily as an entertainment machine. And I really, really love it, like in a way that I was not expecting to, honestly. So I primarily use this iPad to read stuff uh, and to watch videos. So yep. either YouTube or Twitch. And it's just, first of all, it's just so comfortable to hold. And I thought, you know, the old, uh, the industrial design with the home button, I thought that was going to be a deal breaker for me, having this old design and, huge you know, bezels. with the bezels, with the huge bezels. Honestly, yeah, it's not as good looking as the 11-inch iPad Pro, but boy, is it so much more comfortable to hold. It's so lightweight. It, it just feels fake when you hold it the first time. Like... It's almost as if my my brain had forgotten how thin and small and lightweight an iPad Mini was. But I guess the funny thing is, though, right, that like it's thicker than the iPad Pro. The, it the, is. Yeah. Honestly, it doesn't feel like that. The no at way. least the eleven inch. Yeah, that was the thing. The eleven inch iPad Pro is the thinnest iOS device ever made. Well, it doesn't feel like that. Mm. I have yeah. There's going to be a weight and density thing, which is going to make it feel mm-hmm. different. But mm-hmm. but that yeah. I remember that being one of the things that we were, again at the time, really surprised about. That like, how is this possible? But it is. Yeah, but yeah. So reading stuff, uh, either in Safari or in Reader, which I use both for RSS and read later uh, material. It feels really good to do in portrait, just holding the iPad with one hand. It's basically a bigger iPhone, but mm-hmm. it's smaller and, and more comfortable to hold than the 11-inch iPad Pro because it's so much lighter. And it just it feels like, basically it feels like a Kindle, but it's an iPad, mm-hmm. uh, which means I also get to install apps on it. And uh, this is the perfect size iPad for when I'm doing uh, the dishes in the kitchen. I can just place this iPad in por- in landscape propped up with the smart cover that I have and watch either Twitch streams or YouTube videos like on the side. Uh, it, it fits just perfectly in that side, um, one corner of the kitchen countertop. Um, so as I do the wishes, I can watch videos and keep it like an AirPod on without bothering Sylvia. Uh, it's really, really good. And I've been using it to just like uh, you're not gonna like this, Mike, but I've been using it uh, to enter quick notes into Tot. Yes, uh, not that I don't like it. I'm using Tot. It's open on my Mac. Okay, it's so great so in uh, to type on the iPad Mini in Portrait. It's so it, good to type again, like with proper like thumb typing mm-hmm. in Portrait. I agree, and uh, I haven't put in any other work stuff on it. I do have my shortcuts, I because they sync with iCloud and. I, Basically, all the work-related stuff that I have, you may consider maybe Reader, Twitter, and Talk, and Apple Notes. But I don't have my email accounts. I don't have um, stuff like my text editor, for example, because I have not been using this as a, as a work device at all. But if I come across a link that I want to save for later, then sure, I'll throw it in there. And maybe I think I would also put DevonThink on this iPad. Um, yes. Because if I'm going to read stuff, then I should be able to read the PDF that I save in, into DevonThink as well. But yeah, it's primarily an entertainment um, device. I really love the size. I really, I was really surprised, honestly, about how much I'm liking this iPad mini. I am considering uh, to install 
alt store on it and try and play GameCube games on this iPad mini using a controller. Um, I already installed alt store, which is this uh, third-party app store that allows you to install stuff that wouldn't be allowed on the we Apple app store. Or endorsing this. No, we are not. To anyone. But it's something that exists. Yes. This iPad is still on iPadOS 13.4 for this very reason. Because yeah, I can you're, install... you're holding off the update in case you want to do it, right? Yeah, in case I want to do it. Right. I Basically, I'm holding off because I, I have a bit of a craving for playing Metroid Prime again. And I could play Metroid Prime using an emulator that is available via Altstore. But there's also a rumor going around again that Metroid Prime, may, the trilogy, may be coming with the remastered version on the uh, Nintendo they're Switch. Definitely gonna do it. They're definitely. Gonna so do it. I am definitely gonna do it. So uh, oh, also I wanted to buy the Game Vice accessory for this iPad Mini because I do feel like, and we just spoke about Apple Arcade, but there are some like almost console quality experiences from the App Store that I kind of want to try on this iPad Mini, like Dead Cells, for example, really excellent roguelike um, that I actually played on the Nintendo Switch a couple of years ago that I could play on the iPad Mini again. And John recommended the Game Vice Mini accessory for the iPad Mini. However, the only Game Vice Mini that I found on Amazon Italy does not show compatibility for this specific iPad Mini model. So Mm. I'm and I guess I got to buy it directly from the Game Vice website. Anyway, really good for reading, really good for watching videos. However, I will mention that I can absolutely tell the difference in terms of the... It doesn't have the four-speaker system. Yeah, and the speaker's pretty pretty bad. Speakers are pretty bad. Also, it's like the speakers on the other iPads are so good... Mm-hmm. Yeah. that like you start to be like you, you start to realize that other speakers aren't as good right like it it, it is unfair to the ipad mini because of how yeah. good the ipad pro speakers are yeah, yeah i think that's i think that's true one, one thing that i have found too nice about the uh the ipad mini is to have something that is um it doesn't really fit in your pocket but like if you need to take it somewhere, like the 11 inch, especially since I put the keyboard on it, it's like, oh, I'm taking a laptop around and I don't always want that. So like the other day, like just watching some video and reading in the hammock, like I left the big iPad inside and just took the mini, even though I'd prefer the better speakers. Like this is like really lightweight and I don't have to leave the keyboard somewhere if I don't want it. It's just kind of nice to have something that's really simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, I don't have a keyboard for this. I only have a cover which I bought in the cactus color, which looks really nice. nice. Uh, and yes, so this is basically the surprise. Nothing fancy. I'm just using an even smaller iPad for entertainment stuff. So and just really to add the, the specs, it's uh, the iPad mini is 300 grams. The uh, 11-inch iPad Pro, we'll just do that, was 471. Um, it is 6.1 millimeters thick, and the iPad Pros, both of them, are 5.9. Oh, wow. It's okay. okay. pretty close. Yeah. I know okay. that sounds like one of those things. It's like there's no way you can be right about that. Like it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't know. Uh, does the iPad Mini have tapering? It doesn't anymore, does it? Like it's flat on the back. It's just got rounded edges. It does have the rounded, but it's not like it's just it's rounded. T- it's not like tapered. It's not like there is a the, no. The it's edge not like is thinner the, than the in the middle. Mm, yeah. 
I wanted to, to just bring up here while we're talking about the iPad Mini, I saw a rumor go by a week or so ago about uh, from Ming Chi Kuo about a new iPad Mini supposedly coming in 2021 with an eight somewhere between 8.5 to 9 inch screen. Um, it's currently 7.8, I believe, mm. is the so it's a bigger screen. So you'd probably assume maybe smaller smaller bezels. Uh, Quo did also report that in-screen Touch ID is coming to the iPad, but didn't say which model specifically. But mm. I think that like an eight and a half inch iPad Mini with iPad Pro sized bezels, better speakers, and in-screen oh Touch ID, like I would buy it would that product. Be, it would be amazing. Yeah, like, like, I already, yeah, I I already love the iPad Mini with the old design. Mm-hmm. With with a brand new design, man, sign me up instantly. Can like, you imagine um, if they if they just brought that right in? It's just this tiny like book sized oh, thing. Oh my god, that would it would be, be amazing. That would be- be That'd incredible. be a really cool product for stuff like this. But yeah, so I guess I can consider myself once again a multi-pad person. Good yeah, work. me for the first time. Oh no, I've joined the club. Welcome to the club. You're not doing it the same way I am, but I'm happy you're all, all part of it. Well, we are, you know, the club doesn't discriminate. That's true. We are uh, hashtag iPad mini family. I, what, what's the name for this? We have club gang and crew taken already so ipad mini mini menagerie ipad mini collective i don't know (laughs) collective (laughs) that feels like something to work on maybe sure yeah we need better branding steven okay put that on the list Mm -hmm. well i'm glad you're liking it I think it's a fantastic little device. And the rumor of one that maybe grows in size a little bit or loses the bezels would be really exciting because like, there's a bunch of old iPads in my house. Like my kids have the regular iPad from, I think, one generation ago. My wife has my 10 and a half inch iPad Pro. And those bezels aren't as noticeable on the mini. It's like the bezel to screen ratio on the mini is way worse because the screen is smaller. But I think, too, the in print, the in screen fingerprint reader is really interesting. Because it means all the iPads could look the same, but only the nice ones have Face ID. And that really, you know, that more expensive component and what's required to do that. That's a pretty interesting deal. Because I think a lot of people notice that the other iPads look older and that's not going to get any better with time. I don't know if they're going to get the flat sides, though. I doubt that. Yeah, I reckon that's yeah but if they brought while. the bezels and just modernized it, it some, just be better, I think it'd yeah. be... Do you remember when the iPad Mini launched how wild it was that the bezels were so thin on the side? Uh-huh. Because it was the first one that got slimmed down. It was. And then the iPad Air basically copied its design. Yep. You know, for a while, like, the iPad and the iPad Mini were more or less the same. Yeah, that was the original. You know, like, we have... Uh, the iPhones now is mostly like, oh, you, they're the same device. You just choose your screen size or whatever. That was what that iPad... Do you remember that? When the, it was like the iPad mini and the iPad Air and they were completely the same spec-wise. Yep. And yep. that was like a real positive because it was this iPad mini, because everybody loved the iPad mini more at that time. It made, I think, the most sense for most people was just this incredibly powerful device in such a small form factor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, honestly, for like for nostalgia's sake, I would like to see the a new iPad Mini, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I have so much nostalgia for that original iPad Mini, which honestly I think 
basically looks exactly the same as the one that you've got now. I, I don't think yeah. it changed like at all. It hasn't. They added and, the no. Touch ID ring, and that's basically it. Yeah, and I would love to see a 2021 reimagined product. Man, that would be exciting. I just think it would be nice to see the iPad Mini kind of, kind of get its rise again. You know? Yeah, it deserves it. I think. I think there are a lot of people who like that size, especially if your other iPad is big and you want something that you can just like very easily put in your bag and go. If your other iPad has become a laptop or even a desktop replacement for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool stuff. Congratulations. Welcome to the uh, the mini cohort. <laughs> cohort. I'm just trying, trying names on. Cohort. <laughs> it's good, right? It's, well, better than family, I think. <laughs> you really are against families today on the show. Am I? You don't like family oh, because of the games? games. Well, yeah. It's because of my family. I I only play games. What about like mini click? Oh, with the because oh, the button goes yeah. in. Click mini click. Yeah. I put the click on the eight track. <laughs> click my name is Giovanni Giorgio, but everybody calls me Giorgio. More Daft Punk, mm-hmm. Mike. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, please, Stephen. Yes, we're just waiting for you to do the break now. <laughs> That's uh, all oh. this is. <laughs> okay, well, let's take our third break. Well, how about that? We'll take a break. That's a good idea. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. It lets you easily create a website for your next idea or project or company. You get a unique domain name. You get to choose from a bunch of award-winning templates that are really easy to use and really easy easy to customize and so much more. You can create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, contact forms, donate buttons. You can host video, audio, on and on, because Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do what you need to do. There's nothing to install. There are no patches to worry about. You don't have to become some sort of server admin to run upgrades in the middle of the night, because Squarespace has all of that covered. Their customer support is available 24-7. It's award-winning help. Let's you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of those templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I've used Squarespace to build a bunch of sites for a bunch of people over the years, and it really is great to design something that looks really good and modern and responsive, and then hand the keys over so they can deal with updating the content on their own, because that is also really easy to do with Squarespace. Plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required, by going to squarespace.com slash connected. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code connected to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain name and to show your support for the show. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash connected and the code connected to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for the support of the show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. We are officially one month away from WWDC now, so we only have like two more of these segments after this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're going to do uh, anticipating WWDC and shortcuts. Um, like on last episode, there was a wonderful list from underscore David Smith about watchOS, which helped in, helped me kind of inform what I wanted to talk about in this episode. And I saw a couple of weeks ago as well, a list of improvements from Jordan Merrick 
um, which I saw floating around. I even saw Federico link it on Mac Stories and kind of say, yes, mm-hmm. I want all these things. Mm-hmm. So I figured we, I pulled out some of the things that uh, I wanted to touch on here for improvements to shortcuts. But of course, we will then cede the floor to Federico to talk about what he wants to see um, as someone who is much deeper in this. You know, like for me, the things that I've picked out from Jordan's list are stuff that uh, I can understand or I feel, right, like as a, as a user. Um, and then, of course, Federico will have much, much um, more to say, right, because that's his thing. So uh, one is a big one. This is one that I really love to see. I don't know how exactly they would do it. Um, but copy and pasting of actions, yeah, uh, I think would be really nice. Like you know, maybe this could even be like if it's that difficult, just let me do this with trackpad support, right? Where I can just click and drag with the trackpad, select a bunch of things, copy them and paste them. I don't know, but like I would really love to see this. Um, I have some shortcut, like I have a shortcut where I want to make an edit, and I know what I need to do. But to make mm-hmm. that edit, I need to recreate ten actions. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I yep. just can't be bothered to do yep. it. So I'll just jump through the extra hoop that I need every time rather than making it as easy as it could be for me. Yeah. Yeah, this is something that um, Editorial and, and its developer, Ole Zorn, figured out years ago uh, with the ability to create um, action presets, for example. In Editorial, uh, you could do things like if you have an action that you always, you're always going to use with some particular configuration, like maybe you want to present an alert that has a specific title or maybe you do like a particular thing with the text field and so you have an action that you're going to reuse multiple times in editorial you could just save that action as a preset and then with the top of a button you could do things like open my presets and paste this action in and it's already all the fields are already filled in for you. So copy and paste plus the ability to save presets for one action or even blocks of actions. As you mentioned, like you often have like two, three, ten actions that you're going to reuse over and over. It would just be nice to speed up that process because I'm in the same situation as you. Sometimes, especially for longer shortcuts, like I know where I need to put in like a series of actions but it's just so tedious to go in and, and scroll and do the drag and drop. And then when you're dragging, the editor like jitters around. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just give me like a paste feature that lets me put in a bunch of stuff with like a single command. So yeah, totally agree. Uh, yeah, this would be a really nice a really nice addition. I mean, maybe it requires a lot of changing to the editor, which, you know, mm-hmm. the, the kind of the layer of the editor, which obviously has not changed that much, really, like its general structure of how you create the, the, the shortcut from top to bottom from its workflow days. Um, and maybe, like, I can understand that, like, an act, something like this gets left behind if you are really trying to un- change what this whole thing is all about, right? Like, shortcuts is a different thing to workflow. Like, fundamentally, the idea of what it can do mm-hmm. is different now. Like, there is a strategy behind it being led, right? So you can imagine how things get left off. But at a certain point, you do need to return to things like this to help f- for power users. You know, like, there are power user features in this app. It kind of needs some of the basics. And, you know, it's worth remembering we didn't have uh, copy and paste on the iPhone until, what was it, iOS 3? Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> took a little while. It happens. Uh, backup and versioning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if you are working on something very complicated, the ability to be able to roll back a change mm. that you may have messed up along the way could be a pretty nice feature, especially if you're kind of up into the hundreds of actions inside of a shortcut, which can be surprisingly easy to get to. Yeah. This is especially needed be um, because Apple removed the ability to um, import your shortcuts as files in iOS uh, and iPadOS 13. Mm -hmm. So you can still export a shortcut as a dot .shortcut file. And it used to be that you could re-import those files as shortcuts into the app. But due to the tighter security measures in shortcuts for iOS 13, mm -hmm. that feature has been, has been removed. So you, there are still some workarounds, but basically the workaround would be get the file and upload it to iCloud and re-import the shortcut as a new iCloud link. That's not really what users want. I just want to have a local backup system that allows you to backup your shortcuts library yeah. and re-import it at any time in batch. And also versioning... Because I can tell you, like, when I was working on MusicBot Pro, that has got, like, 15,000 actions, oh uh, 1,500 God. actions. Oh, Sorry. Not, I not thought something terrible had happened. But still, 1,500 actions is, is still a lot of actions. I, it, it, you know, having versioning would be excellent to, to, because if you mess something up, it's a lot of work to then roll back in a shortcut that, it just it even takes you like more a long time to scroll even mm -hmm. and to find your spot inside that shortcut so yeah absolutely backup and versioning they are related to each other there are two separate things and i would like apple to honestly i'm what i'm going to say here is that i would just like apple to introduce an expert mode for shortcuts i know that some people have basically made the same argument for macos catalina I'm yeah. gonna make the same argument for shortcuts. I want an expert, an expert mode that removes a lot of the restrictions, if not all of them, that were all introduced that were introduced in September. Because I basically the argument boils down to I know what I'm doing and don't put mm -hmm. these gates in for me because I know my way around shortcuts and now you're removing functionality from the app that I was perfectly perfectly fine with using before. And I understand why you want to make it the default for new users, for everybody else. I think that's the absolute right move. But I also think that power users need to be able to remove those flags and to say, no, no, I don't want your, I don't want you to hold my hand anymore. I'm just going to take care of this myself. So an expert mode, enable backup, uh, a backup feature to export and re-import shortcuts as files and enable versioning for those users who want to roll back to an older version of a shortcut. Yeah, I think the shortcuts as files thing is a problem, though. I don't know if that one's an easy thing to deal with because of that idea of you get people sharing stuff and you don't necessarily yeah. know what you're installing, and that's a bit that's a more awkward. But they haven't solved that either, right? So if exactly. I download something from Federico, I'm supposed to scroll through it, and I guess I'm supposed to understand what it's doing. And can't can't yeah, I a can, shortcut I can look at it. be cut off? Isn't that the case? Or am I thinking of something else? They can cut off the links, the sharing links? Uh, what do you mean cut off? So like, doesn't Apple have the ability to stop people from sharing a, oh, like, yeah. a link Sh Sure, sure, they can. But I mean, at that point, the difference between installing a shortcut from iCloud and installing it from a file, you can still let people install directly from a file and still um, keep the same uh, alerts and dialogues and confirmation boxes 
that you have when you install from a link. Because mm. if you install a shortcut from a link, it's still going to request your permission to, I don't know, um, access the internet or um, use Apple Music or the clipboard and that kind of stuff. And you can still right. keep those security measures in place, but just let people also install from a file. Because also by removing the ability to install a shortcut from a file, they have effectively killed a bunch of these websites that... Um, allowed you to install shortcuts directly without going through iCloud first. Mm. So I understand why Apple wants to control that, but I don't buy the argument that enforcing iCloud was necessary for better security mm -hmm. because you can still have a bunch of boxes that tell you this is an untrusted shortcut, this is, you know, you're going to it's going to do this and it's going to do that, but just even when you install it from a file. Well, I think so. that what that what I'm trying to understand i mean i don't know if this is the case but if shortcuts are tied to an icloud link if you install it and then apple found out a shortcut was doing something it shouldn't could they cut it off for everyone that's installed it no okay because that, that's what i'm wondering like because if that was the case i would understand why they went with the icloud thing and you know like you, you want to have potentially have that in place if you're saying like oh you know who knows what could happen like you know it could be possible for a shortcut that you've downloaded from somewhere else to be uploading things that you don't know yeah right? for sure if, if, well if, shortcuts if, now tells you the first time you run it like this uh, shortcut wants to access this server and it gives you like the domain name mm. that it's going to access okay. mm -hmm. but again you can keep that feature even yes. if you install a shortcut from a file okay that makes sense, then. Uh, revamped organization. Take it away. Yes. Boys. Like, you, you know, you both care about this more than I do. I believe folders. in it. Folders. Okay, here we go. Yes. Give us folders. folders. Why is this so difficult? I mean, it's not difficult. Uh, maybe it's one... My understanding is that it's just one of those features that got, like, you know, further down the list multiple times. I have to assume that they're very much aware that people have been requesting folders. Um... And I know there, there's potential for fancier ideas in terms of like, well, when you say folders, maybe you don't mean folders, you mean like a smart sorting feature or like a smart tagging feature yeah. that shows you, I don't know, just give Do me a better it. way. <laughs> Do all of it, right? Give me folders, give me sorting options. I don't know, I just feel like it would be Amazing to have, in addition to folders, something like filters that allow me to quickly filter my list of shortcuts by what are the shortcuts that you use as widgets? What are the shortcuts that you use as extensions? Or, I don't know, let me sort by the number of actions contained in a shortcut. Basically, what I'm getting at is take a look at the third-party app called LaunchCuts and copy most of those features. And I'm sorry the LaunchCuts developer, but, you know, LaunchCuts is this third-party utility that gives you folders and gives you a bunch of sorting and display options for your shortcuts, mm -hmm. shortcuts library. And it, it's, it's more than, than what most users need, I think, in shortcuts, but the basics of it are exactly what I want to see. Filters, folders, and sorting options. I would like to see all of that as well. I mean, even with just a relatively small shortcuts library, it can be difficult to kind of see where you are. There's not enough color options. There's not enough icon options. I know you can bring in external icons. Some guy mm -hmm. has it with a website, put a bunch of those on the web. Hello. But uh, it's it's it just feels like it was a system built for people with six shortcuts and not with 60 or 600. 
in that main screen, though, I would also like to see them clean up the mechanism in which you move and edit and duplicate shortcuts. I feel like I'm perpetually like trying to delete one and then it wants to move it or just I know some of that's just inherent to iOS 13 and some of those controls kind of overlapping. But I feel like the app just hasn't grown in terms of UX the way that the user base wants it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. And there's a what about like okay sandbox mode right and so this idea would be imagine that you have a video of your friend uh, falling off of a scooter and you think to yourself I know shortcuts can take this video and turn it into a GIF for me but I don't have that shortcut made but you could open an action extension and build it in like a little window that pops up. It's quite a complex feature, but would be kind of nice, right? Like here is a thing I know shortcuts can do. I'm sure it can, but I don't have that shortcut. Uh, let me build it kind of in line with a couple of quick actions mm. and let it go. This feels like a very in the future feature, but I like it. That's an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. uh, I have never considered that, but because I do find myself in that situation of like, I need to do something and then I got to open shortcuts and create the shortcut, then return to what I was doing and find the shortcut in the share sheet. So yeah, I, it would be a really interesting idea to like create it on the spot in there. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really cool. Um, the last item on, in this list that you, that you prepare, Mike, this is so simple and yet so true. Don't, Don't automatically add to the widget. <laughs> Don't add every shortcut to yes. the widget. Don't I don't get it. It's such a strange so decision to by default do that. It, it it's weird. It's weird to me. You end up with all those shortcuts that have the magic wand icon by default. <laughs> they're all they're <laughs> the all there. Yeah, untitled shortcut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I agree strongly with that. Um I have a lot more things to share. Please. Most of these were I already covered this in my uh, iOS and iPadOS 13 review in September. And also that list from September came, most of it came from a story in May of 2019 called Beyond the Tablet. So this wish list of mine has been pretty consistent. Uh, there are some new additions, of course. Um, I really want to see deeper integration with files. Since Shortcuts was Workflow, we've only been able to do two things in terms of um, file access. We can either show the document picker, so the, like actually show a visual files picker when you want to pick a document from the files app. Or if you don't want to show any interface, any UI, if you want to pick a file, you can have uh, programmatic access to a folder, but that folder has to be the shortcuts subfolder of iCloud Drive. That's because the, due to sandboxing, shortcuts can only access files and subfolders contained within that folder, that document container, right. which is the shortcuts folder inside iCloud Drive. This is what you're saying, just so I can confirm this. Like, if a shortcut relies on something inside of a file, right? Yeah. Because yeah. obviously shortcuts can access all the files when you're building that in as like a picker, like pick the file, right? You, but you need to manually you interact. You need to go and pick it. But if yeah. you have like a string of text, which will yes. be in a, a file, you have to 
make you have to like put that in the shortcuts iCloud container. Yes. Yeah. That's correct. In the shortcuts iCloud Drive container. And I really think it's time to have uh, better file automation in this regard. Uh, We've seen how third-party apps can take advantage of a system feature that has been around for a couple of years at this point, uh, bookmarks that allow you to essentially uh, poke a little hole in the sandbox and say, give me access to this folder or this file that belongs to a different application that, that is not located inside my sandbox, but give me access to it in the future. And the way that it works, if you take a look at apps like IA Writer or Working Copy, there's a bunch of others, Scriptable even, uh, you need to pick it manually, but only the first time. And after you've done it once, you've granted the app permission to access that stuff, whether it's a folder or a file outside of its own sandbox. And I really think it would be great to have a similar system in shortcuts where you could say, okay, I want to create a shortcut that accesses my, I don't know, my markdown documents inside IA Writer. Well, maybe the first time I need to be able to give it access manually with like confirming manually access to that folder. But then once the authorization has been granted, in the future, the shortcut can just run on its own without showing me any UI, without any manual confirmation, because I I have already given it access once. So that kind of uh, file automation, which is so commonplace on the Mac and has been for decades at this point, I really think it needs to happen in shortcuts as well. Um, speaking of automation, the automation feature, like the actual automation in shortcuts that allows you to run certain shortcuts on a schedule or when something happens, it's a really it's a really nice feature. I don't use it much myself because I don't have that many things that need to happen on a schedule or based on location or other criteria. But I really think it would be so much more useful if all automation triggers could run in the background without manual confirmation. Again, it goes back to the idea of an expert mode. Some triggers for automation inside shortcuts, like for example, when a time of day occurs, they always require your manual confirmation, your manual authorization for that automation to run. Uh, What this means is you get a notification and you need to tap on the notification to say, yes, run this automation in shortcuts. And I think expert users or just people who, you don't have to be an expert, but people who rely on shortcuts, they should have a way to say, look, this automation, I created it myself, I know what it's doing, let it run in the background on its own without my manual confirmation every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a jailbreak tweak called TrueCuts that enables this but for jailbreak users. It basically disables the, uh, the confirmation for What's all kinds of triggers. with jailbreaking? It's possible again. jailbreaking now? It's possible again. Oh, is that why? Yeah. On 13.5 even. Yeah, big time possible. Big big time possible. But what does that mean though? Like why? It's a zero day exploit that they're using uh, that they haven't disclosed, I think. So yeah, enjoy it while it lasts, I guess. But yeah, it's possible big time again. Um, And in my review, I think I I shared, uh, so in September, I shared this idea. What if all automation all triggers required right a confirmation but only for a limited time period so maybe shortcuts could see hey you've run you've confirmed this automation for like a month 
do you want to enable automatic you know execution of this automation like they could learn from your habits they could see that once you've confirmed an automation to you know i, I don't know for a couple of weeks maybe you could go in and disable the toggle that says ask every time i just feel like there could be ways to say we want to make sure that this thing you want to actually run on a schedule or when you enter a specific location a few times and then we're going to give you the option to you know disable it so that would be cool um i'm just gonna go on unless you yeah, guys no, stop me this okay, is cool. your time right like yep. okay thank I, you I, everything i have i've already said okay well actually okay. i have two things shortcuts on the mac i just want it oh yeah i want oh, shortcuts on the yeah. mac um, Why not, right? Exactly. It should, it should and exist. I've said this already in other things we've spoken about, but to be able to activate um, shortcuts by keyboard shortcut. I'm going yep. to set keyboard shortcuts to them. And and yes, I know we're going to get people saying, oh, in 13.4, they added full keyboard access and now you can assign. It's not what we want. It's, yep. not as, it's not as good. We actually want like a system-wide hotkey that you press and you run the shortcut instantly. Mm -hmm. No notification stuff that you need to confirm. Mm -hmm. um, so this is kind of very much a niche idea, but I'm still going to mention it. I would really like to have different widgets on different devices because certain shortcuts, I, al I always want to use as widgets on my iPad. Others I only want to use on my iPhone. But instead, when you enable a shortcut as a widget now, it's enabled everywhere. So I understand why it's the easiest approach, but I just thought I'd mention it because I think it would be interesting to have like more control over where shortcuts uh, can be presented as widgets. I do different things on different devices. Exactly. Like I have some shortcuts in my widget that cannot run on my iPad because the app isn't installed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, so yep. it's just a dead shortcut. It doesn't do yep. anything on my iPad. Yeah. I forgot to put this on the list, but I'm, I just thought of it and I'm going to mention it. Um, shortcuts on the watch. I yeah, what really... happened there? <laughs> so Workflow used to be a watch app and it yeah. was removed when Workflow became shortcuts. So two things here. One, I want a shortcuts app on the watch that um, I can imagine something like a list of my shortcuts or like a grid of my shortcuts. Take a look at something like Home Run, which is this excellent HomeKit app to run HomeKit scenes on the watch. So imagine a customizable grid with these tiny icons for shortcuts, but on your watch that you press and you run natively on the watch and they do something, it would be incredible. So that, but I also want to be able to create individual complications for specific shortcuts on the watch. I really think that would be an incredible functionality, especially now the shortcuts on the watch could support interaction. So I could press a complication and then maybe I could choose from a list or I could dictate some text, right? Mm -hmm. I can I can only imagine how nice that would be to have customizable complications that would open the door to all kinds of actions that you could quickly run from the watch. Yes, you can run a shortcut from Siri, but once again, I don't want functionality to be exclusive to Siri because I, I don't want to talk to Siri. I just mm -hmm. want to use my fingers, my human fingers. Um, not that my voice is not human, but you get my point. Um, more and better actions for Apple apps. Uh, two really common examples. The Apple Notes integration in shortcuts is limited to plain text. You cannot 
um, retrieve or create a rich text or append images to an Apple note using shortcuts. You have to use the, the extension in the share sheet uh, because shortcuts and Apple Notes integration is only yeah. limit, only works for plain text. If so. I could have the links put in in a way that they would be seen as like the rich yeah. links, I would be a very happy camper. Yeah, yeah. And also reminders. None of the new reminders features in iOS 13, so attachments and subtasks and rich links, none of that is, is uh, integrated with shortcuts. So... Uh, I really would like to see tighter and more extensive integration um, between Apple apps, right, and shortcuts. And also, slightly related to this, but to I would love to have more um, UI kit controls. And by this, I mean, let me create new and, again, more extensive uh, interfaces inside shortcuts. So in shortcuts right now, you can do things like choose one item from a list of multiple items or you can have a quick look preview or you can have uh, an alert that comes up in the in the middle of the screen you can enter text in a text field those are all native ui kit elements that shortcuts basically allows you to uh, create programmatically right you can make create a list or create a text box and whatnot and i would like to have more of that so uh i would say Maybe take a look at the rich lists that you can create with Toolbox Pro. Those are based on a hack. Those are based on a workaround. I would love to have something native, you know, that lets me, I don't know, put images inside, uh, images and text next to each other. Or to have things like labels and captions, you know, and sub-headlines, for example, in a list. Or to have text fields, for example, that support multiple fields or that support rich text input, you know, formatted text, for example. Um, maybe I would love to be able to create a collection view, right, to, to present multiple things in a grid instead of, like, having a quick look preview that is limited to one image at a time. Maybe I want to present multiple images at a time. So um, better, more extensive integration with the native UI system of, of the iPhone and iPad, that would be lovely. And now... Returning to the to the geekier side of things, um, the, I'm just gonna mention this debugging tools again work especially for people who work on long long shortcuts. It's really difficult to do so. But, so I can imagine to have things like uh, breakpoints, for example. So the idea that you could stop a shortcut when you reach a certain point to confirm that everything is working correctly or to debug what is going on, what is going wrong in a shortcut, that would be amazing. What I do and what I think lots of other heavy shortcuts users do is we have to put in an alert action <laughs> with the contents of the previous action to debug what is going on, what the data flow is is doing inside of a shortcut and i really think this should be an native feature like don't force me to use the alert action which by the way how annoying is the fact that the alert action always has some default text in it that you gotta remove every single time oh my god i really <laughs> dislike that um so yeah the ability to stop a shortcut at a specific point and see what is happening behind the scenes that would be amazing uh, 
I would love to more quickly browse the structure of a long shortcut. So I don't know how this could work. Maybe folding could be an idea. You know, like some code editors let you allow you to, um, they have code folding. So you can grab a, a chunk of code and fold it so that it saves vertical space and, uh, and a long document becomes so much more easy to browse. And I can imagine like folding, I don't know, if actions like conditional blocks or repeat loops inside shortcuts, that would be so convenient. Or I could go one step further and say, maybe let me highlight certain actions with like an actual color. Like let me make some actions red because the color red means something to me. Again, Ole Zorn got this right seven years ago with editorial, with folding and with highlights. So uh, I think it was a really good idea back then. I still think it would be a fantastic idea now. So what would that allow you to do if it was colored? Like, what would be the, the thing for that? So, first of all, the collapsible blocks would save vertical space and would yeah, make that it easier. Part, to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the highlights, uh, just for me as reference, right. I, could, uh, I could create a little... Uh, scheme for myself where I say, okay, the color yellow means that these actions are unfinished. Maybe the green color means that this block of stuff is done. You know, just stuff like that. And huh. then I could imagine, like, take a look. I think the best thing, one of the best things about shortcuts is that it's this combination, right, of traditional programming ideas, but done in a visual way. And I imagine things like the minimap that you have in certain uh, code editors, like in Sublime Text or, or in Xcode, you have this minimap on the right side of the editor that shows you this like um, zoomed out view of your code. Because you can, if, you're, if you're a programmer, you can tell the structure of your code just by looking at that minimap. And imagine that sort of feature, but done visually with like colors, and like little icons, I don't know, but imagine that in shortcuts for longer shortcuts. Mm. I really think it would be like an amazing feature to make make it more make it easier for you to browse a long shortcut and to navigate its structure. Um, and I also would love to see, and I think maybe this is a bit more uh, relatable by uh, lots of people. Shortcuts should be able to integrate with the iPadOS multitasking system. Like why? am I not able to create windows or manage split view or like recreate some of my favorite spaces using shortcuts? Shortcuts does not integrate with multitasking at all, if you think about it. And, and I think it would be incredible if I could create shortcuts that manage windows on my iPad on my behalf. So I don't know, maybe we, let me create a shortcut that says create, create a new split view, create a new space, as Apple calls them, with uh, Apple Notes on the left and Safari on the right. Yes, I can do this manually, but also it would be nicer if I could just create a shortcut like a, like a recipe that recreates that space with just one tap. So multitasking integration would be, I think it would be really useful. Um, and I saw this mentioned on Twitter a few days ago by um, Craig Oakenberry. Um, the ability for shortcuts to directly integrate with text selection inside apps. So this is a bit of an esoteric idea, but I'm going to try my best here. Imagine if a shortcut could do things like, could, could do things inside of any text field and do things like rearrange 
lines of text or take your current selection and replace your selection with something else in line without you having to do manual copy and paste. So imagine like in Apple Notes, maybe take all my links and turn them into titles of the linked web page in line without me having to do command V to paste the result. Yeah, you could do markdown stuff or whatever. Yeah, I could do that. I could, yeah, exactly. Uh, Now, two last points. Uh, One, this is going to sound kind of obvious, bug fixes. So for real, uh, over the past year, I have created so many shortcuts. I feel like I've been very prolific in terms of creating new shortcuts and coming up with new ideas. And I've only been able to to share a third of them because of bugs that prevent me from sharing those shortcuts publicly. I've run into all kinds of issues. Some of them, thankfully, were fixed by Apple in 13.4, others in 13.5. But just a few days ago, for example, I came up with this entirely brand new shortcut that I wanted to share with club members. And I cannot because there's a problem that prevents the third-party app that I'm using from from, um, running one of their actions correctly. And the issue is not the developer's fault. It's the buggy integration in shortcuts right now. And I have so many different shortcut ideas that they're just sitting there waiting for bug fixes from Apple Otherwise, I would have been able to share them, but I cannot because they crash or like, I have so many shortcuts that crash the shortcuts app. Like, they, it's not that just that they're buggy, they just crash the entire thing, which is not supposed to happen, you know? Ideally. Um, ideally. And like MusicBot, for example, which is one of my m- most successful shortcuts that I've, that I've done to date, it still cannot be reliably used inside the share sheet because it crashes the whole thing. Um, I needed to put in so many workarounds that basically what they do is whenever you share a song from Apple Music to MusicBot using the share sheet, it always needs to take you into the main shortcuts app because otherwise the share sheet is going to crash. If you try and run MusicBot in there, the share sheet is going to crash and do nothing. So, you know. Just That's a frustrating thing. fix to it's, have to make. Like, oh, we have to mm-hmm. open the app even though technically you shouldn't have to, but we have to because otherwise it won't run. Yeah. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. And lastly, I guess, uh, a brief point about the bigger picture of shortcuts. Um, You mentioned, Mike, a few minutes ago that certain power user features need to come to shortcuts eventually. And honestly, that's my concern. I'm not so sure that they they have to happen because my fear, well, obviously my fear is that Apple is not going to add any more power user features because they have this vision of opening up shortcuts to the masses. And when, if that's the goal, then maybe power users are not a priority anymore. So I guess... What's the long-term plan with shortcuts would be my question. Um, does Apple really does Apple want to keep adding features for power users or are they just going to go down the road of simplifying shortcuts, making it easier to use for everybody else and while they're doing that, ignoring the all 
basically most of the stuff that we just covered. Um, I guess my 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 biggest question is: Can they keep addressing these two different markets, these two different types of users, in shortcuts forever? Can they keep doing that, or do they have to make a decision eventually? Right? Do they have to say, okay? We simplified as much as possible, but then from now on, we're just going to keep focusing on adding more powerful stuff to shortcuts. Because I can see, I could see this go both ways, honestly. I can see mm-hmm. Apple, Apple say, no, uh, we don't want to invest on, on adding all these like, programmer-friendly features. We just want to open up shortcuts and Siri to as many people as possible, and that means we have to simplify the whole thing because there's still so much friction involved with creating shortcuts and using them. Or I could see Apple saying, okay, maybe this thing didn't necessarily take off as much as we hoped with the masses, but maybe we do have a core audience that really loves using shortcuts, and maybe part of the reason why so many more people are using the iPad Pro now is because they can make their own little enhancements to the system using shortcuts, so Mm. maybe we should keep investing on that, because it's a thing that maybe not 50 million people love, but maybe 3 million people absolutely love, and we really care about those 3 million people, Um, you know? Well, you, I have you've got to assume they bought the company for a reason. It wasn't just mm-hmm. for fun. And they included it in iOS by default as opposed to just having it in the App Store. Yeah. So all signs are pointing in a positive direction, ideally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, you gotta you got to believe that these were conversations that were held years ago and we're just talking about them now, sort of like... Uh, remaining in, in like in a in a space themed day, sort of like a, like a message that has traveled through galaxies, and it's only reaching us now. We're only talking about this now, but this is probably a conversation that was held three years ago when Apple bought shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Like, and they had this entire vision already for where to go, and now we're just wondering, oh, what happens now? Because now you've integrated shortcuts with Siri, and you have a new editor, and you have this new parameter-based system. So, where do you go next? And you know, usually with Apple, these conversations happened two years ago, and now we're just considering them from the outside. So I am really curious to see what happens in a month because I I don't know what I feel <laughs> about this. I mean, I love shortcuts, and I, I mean, knowing the people who work on shortcuts, I would be really surprised if... They basically say, yeah, we don't care about power user stuff anymore. Uh, We're just going to simplify the whole thing once again and remove a bunch of features from for for power users. I would be really surprised if that happens. Mm. But you never know. Well, maybe we will. As I say, in just a few weeks' time, maybe. Probably. Mm. We'll know something. (laughs) <laughs> we'll, know, we'll know something or maybe we'll know nothing which would be even more concerning like no changes right but that's something <laughs> isn't it that's yeah, that's still something yeah that's called the iPad story every other year I don't know what it says but it's something <laughs> well are we done that seems like so. a good a good place to end it if you want to find show notes this week head on over to relay.fm slash connected slash 296 while you're there, you can send us an email with feedback or follow-up. You can become a member to sh- support the show directly. Or you can uh, find us on Twitter. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E. 
You can find Federico on Twitter as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and you can find me there as I-S-M-H. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, ExpressVPN, Pingdom, and Squarespace. Oh, oh, real-time follow-up. Yes. There's a teaser from Federico. I I totally forgot to mention this in follow-up, and I should have, so this is real-time follow-up for follow-up. If everything goes according to plan, I should have a bit of a surprise tomorrow on Mac Stories. So something that we've been working on for a few months, honestly, at this point. And... um, yeah, but just just what I'm gonna say right now because I, it doesn't fully depend on me. Uh, hopefully, people will understand when this eventually comes out. But if the plan goes well, I uh, should have something that I don't think people are expecting necessarily tomorrow on Mac Stories. So um, stay tuned. I really hope that we can finally show it off. Cool. Yeah, it's really exciting. All right, well, uh, I don't know where we were, but I guess until next time, whoa, say goodbye. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I didn't get what? my... You, what, where do people find me? You don't want to find Mike? No, I did the Twitter thing. Okay. Did you? For Mike? I don't think you did. I think did. More, uh, people should be able to find Michael. I hope so. Yeah. He's yeah. in your heart at all times. Okay, <laughs> say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Adios.